0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.
1: Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. We're here to bring you all the latest conversations on the shows and movies and films and concerts that we observe throughout our career. Uh, Today's episode will feature spoilers, so you may want to check out what we are talking about today before listening forward. You have been warned, as I always say. We are here, dun dun, 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 dun trumpet, because we are talking about Meredith Wilson's The Music Man. He's a what? He's a what? He's music a music man. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're gonna get, you're going to get a lot of those throughout this episode today. <laughs> this is currently playing on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater. The Music Man is starring Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. His book, music, and lyrics by Meredith Wilson, the stories by Meredith Wilson and Franklin Lacey. And this production was choreographed by Warren Carlyle and directed by Jerry Zaks. We are looking at one of the biggest shows, maybe ever, in terms of production value, financial. I mean, it might be one of the biggest shows I think probably has ever kind of seen. Certainly with those grosses,
0: I think. Um, And I'm fascinated by the whole entire thing. So the fastest um, or biggest fastest show.
1: Yeah, it's just a yeah, it's a a big (laughs) show. What are your overall thoughts on this show, at the production? Let's hear it, Mr. Jeff.
0: It was absolutely terrible. No. no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you know, shockingly, a lot of you are going to be shocked to hear me say this, but I did have a very fun time at mm-hmm, the Music Man. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you all tell that I really am? <laughs> and he's a little more hesitant. No, you liked it. You did.
0: No, I did. I think, um, you know, sometimes I have my feelings on revivals and golden age musicals, but I did find that this musical, I, I guess I have to phrase it like this. What have I seen in terms of Music Man? I've seen middle school shows. I've seen high school shows. I've seen Move the movies. The, I don't think I've ever actually seen the movie.
1: The, yes. We watched the original movie. Yes. We have a thousand percent. Yes.
0: Oh, the, foot yes. bridge, the Footbridge. Yes. I do. Not the one with... Um,
1: well, there's two. There's the Robert Preston, Shirley Jones, and then yes. there's the Matthew Broderick, Kristen Chenoweth revival movie. The, uh,
0: I don't think one. I've seen that one. But yes, the original, I have seen. Correct. Yeah. I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do think... Seeing a professional Broadway production of this was very different. I will actually say some of my main takeaways from this was usually I find in golden age musical theater there to be a lot of filler moments. There to be a lot of cheesy, corny moments. And I found that this actually either removed some of that, which I don't know because I don't have anything to compare it to, which is my next question to you. Mm. But or they just refreshed it. And they made it very modernized for someone who, like me, who really prefers a more modern take on a musical. They refreshed it just enough for me to be like, wow, I'm actually enjoying this and having fun.
1: So you're, you're, it's both. There was things removed and changed. And it was a freshening up. Of it. Um, here's what I will say for all y'all listening. Um, if you are family or friends or people who know me, you may know this bold statement. I, this might be my favorite musical. A lot of people know this about me. I love, I
0: love how he says Mike. It is. Okay? I love how he says Mike. It is. We all know. There's like, a lot of reasons why I like this show. Um, he literally has a bear with 76 trombones singing. <laughs> I, have,
1: I have, you know, it's, I have a... I had a poster of it as a kid. The thing is, when I was in eighth grade, I played Harold Hill in my middle school production of The Music Man Mm Jr. I did the show two more times after that. I played Tommy Gillis once in a community theater production in high school. And then I directed a kids theater production of it when I was in college, a little older. And so I've done the show three times as a lead, as a supporting role, and as a director. I've seen the old – when I was in eighth grade and we found out this was the show and we're like, what is that? My friends and I got together and watched the movie. We were like, whoa, look at these dance numbers. Look at these costumes. It was like my mainstream introduction to big, huge, golden age movie musical theater and and musical theater. So for me, it holds a very special place in my heart. I actually have an original playbill from the original Robert Preston Broadway run in the 50s. I have that. Now I have this one. There was one, there was a few revivals. It was revived in the 80s with Dick Van Dyke okay. actually playing the lead.
0: We didn't make it to that we one. didn't make it to that <laughs> one.
1: And then in 2000 or 2001, there was another revival of Rebecca Luker and Craig Vierko. I was young then. I was This was pre-me being introduced to music man. But this was like, I think it was in the, right in 2000, 2001, there was a big production of that. Um, so this is the next one. So it's, what it's looking like is every 20 or so years a big, splashy production of this comes. This is so good i cried three times i i i find the music to be so good the corny cheesy element of it is is addressed and that's what i think so is so difficult is when you see corny cheesy elements in other shows you're like okay this is a little sick but the mayor and the mayor's wife they're supposed to be corny like the whole point of it is this storybook town of this like these people who think they're being swindled by this guy, but actually they're all getting along and they're all actually get, becoming better community members because of it. That's what I think is the whole cool premise of it. Is like they find in the beginning Iowa stubborn. They're all they don't don't like each other. They don't mm-hmm. they don't like him. They're like this miserable town.
0: <laughs> it's so funny watching that too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean I can go on and on. It's gonna be hard to get a lot of this in thirty minutes, but. I love now love, he's love
0: gonna this show. Now he's going to go a mile a minute. I have. Yeah, I'm going to talk. Gonna I'm going to talk, talk really talk fast. A mile a minute. <laughs> I mean,
1: what? A- so, so, let's go with Hugh Jackman first. Okay. Star.
0: Star. He's
1: a star. The role is a starring role. Star. He was brilliant. I mean, I everything really, this man did in this production was brilliant to me.
0: I actually really liked. He wasn't so serious with the role, right? And it showed. Mm-hmm. It was like. He was just the cool guy in this show yep. this time, and he was so good at it. Yep, yep. And he looked so comfortable. And I think really worked. I do, I, I really think I, I compare,
1: I know Matthew Broderick to the movie. I know Dick Van Craig Bierko, some other people have played him on Broadway. I go to Robert Preston, who is the original on Broadway, mm-hmm. who was the original in the movie. In eighth grade, I had to write a essay about heroes or like people that you not heroes <laughs> people that you looked up to. And I just finished Music Man in eighth grade. I wrote my essay about that. About Robert Preston. Did you really? I thought and I don't think it was hero. I think it was about someone you admired or someone you looked up
0: to, like not in your
1: Life, like, but did a,
0: you admire him as the actor or as the character? No, well, the
1: character is kind of a con artist, right? But <laughs> as a as a actor, I thought, what a commanding! It's such a commanding! I I had to study what he was doing to do it in middle school because I was like, I want to be just like this guy, commanding a stage yeah. all show. And Hugh does that. Hugh really does that. He is so comfortable up there. You can tell he's been. Training on the dancing, training on the vocals and and he and what charm, what a word to use for him charm mm-hmm. there's just such charm with him,
0: yeah he well, can't, he's trying to be sly, yes, at times, yes, because we know his motive, but also right. he does have charm you you kind of fall yeah. in love with him as a character, yeah. even though you don't want to, yeah.
1: And the role <laughs> with him is not – there. so in terms of what has been changed, there was a few words – well, they, they changed some. Um, the very beginning of the fireworks ceremony when they come out and then the firecracker goes off. That was changed. It was about – there was something very dated in the original Native Americans. They kind of removed that. So okay. that was one um, progressive change. It's nice when I see the progressive changes in these older shows. Um, in Sadder But Wiser Girl, which is this scroll he sings – the song he sings with Marcellus, a couple words are changed there. It's a little sexist at times. They freshened a lot of the lyrics up of Shapoopy. Very sexist dated song. Made it about equal dating between men. Because the song is about asking a girl out, a girl asking a boy out. So that was really cool. They definitely made some of those changes. Other than that, most of it's pretty honoring to the original book and score. Oh, oh My White Knight has changed a little bit. The beginning of it. Okay. She's doing it more of like a patter song than like a slow ballad. And we'll talk about Sutton in a second. That's a whole unit on this 30 minutes. because So, we'll so
0: far, though, you agree with the changes?
1: Oh, yes. The changes work. The changes work because I think that there's some really dated things and um, and they needed to make things.
0: Which could it. be a big reason why a lot of people have their feelings about the show to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. if they like it mm, or they don't like mm. it. You know, once we remove some of that unnecessary stuff to begin with. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, 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 but you know, and, and there's another question I'm going to ask coming up, but let's keep going through some of these performances. We, well, first of all, this is Tony nominated for six Tony nominations this season. We have best revival, not Tony nomination. Hugh Jackman is nominated for best leading actor. Sutton Foster is nominated for best leading actress. Jane Hootie shell is the mayor's wife is nominated for supporting actress. The costume design by Santo Loquasto is Tony-nominated. And then finally, the choreography by Warren Carlyle is Tony-nominated. All of those are deserving to me. All of those completely make sense to me. And it totally lines up. Jane Hoodie Shell as the mayor, it's a small role. There's no singing, really. There's one-liners throughout the whole show. And she's probably got more costumes than anyone. Yeah, but
0: I feel like the thing with a a nomination for supporting is if you – own the character. Yep. And when someone leaves the theater and then they say, "Oh my god, I remember the mayor's wife mm. was doing this." Mm. They've captivated that mm. your attention mm. to them. Patty Lapone is nominated right. in company and she's on the stage for what? Two two songs, two right. songs really right. and right. then she's an ensemble right. member right. for the rest of the piece. But they own that stage. Right. They deserve every moment right. of that nomination. And she
1: does deserve that nomination because she yeah. was so funny. The mayor and the mayor was like, Jefferson Mays, who's been in a million, he's so wonderful. Although I
0: might have switched the mayor's wife with the mom.
1: Oh, Marie <laughs> Mullen played Marie the Mullen.
0: mother, Mrs. Peru. Because uh, I, I probably remember her more. She was
1: so good. Like, what a warm, motherly, grandmotherly <laughs> seeming, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 in that, and really, really good. Yeah. I thought Shuler Hensley was great. All of these, the, the Winthrop, I mean, everyone in the ensemble yeah. shined. And when we talk about Tony nominations, costumes, it it I think it should win. Yeah. I mean, when you see these beautiful, he he did the costumes for Dolly. Mm-hmm. So you see how that tracks. Gorgeous, gorgeous costumes. What's tough about the costumes is with this show you're dealing with a small farm town in Iowa where most people wouldn't be every day dressing in really glamorous, gorgeous things. So you ride a fine line, between how do I keep this period and keep them looking really fresh and the hats and everything? But at the same time, did you notice some people in the ensemble, like in in the gymnasium scene, when they're all there for the 4th of July exercise, some people are dressed in their Sunday best and some are in like overalls. And I thought that was really smart that like they... Diversified the looks of these people in this town because if there was just a community gathering,
0: yeah, maybe everyone
1: would be dressed a little. Yeah, but it was
0: totally like needed, and we and talked it made about sense. yeah. But we talked about this a little bit because let's. I know you have many questions. Yeah, and I have many questions. But yeah. let's move to one thing that I found was a huge standout for me, and it might not be for everyone. But like I really liked this set. Okay. I really, really thought this set almost made the show for me, and because? that's because. You said something earlier. It's like a story book. It's like we're watching a children's story happening. And, like, you have this little kind of con villain throughout the whole story. And by the end, what's the lesson learned? Which is what really made me kind of appreciate this Music Man musical this time. Because I was like, oh, if a kid was watching this, it's watching about how you could get away with something for so long. And then at the end, you learn your lesson. Yeah, But – what I think the set did was it brought me into that childlike atmosphere of a book.
1: And right. it moved
0: like a book. I'm sorry, but that stage never stopped moving. No, There was moved. never a blackout moment no. except for uh, the end of Act 1. Right. But other than that... But Act- it was even
1: period where the curtain came down. So like a period piece. Like like the book was closing. You know, it yes. wasn't blackout.
0: It moment. almost reminded me a little bit of like if we're in Disney World and yeah. we're at like... Um, Woody's Wild Wild West toy story book or something like that. And it's moving. So it's moving like a book. It's opening – Opening doors up. Pictures are coming in. People are – And the the characters are all parts of a book. So like if you're turning the page – the characters yeah. are moving with it. And at and the what, beginning, what, I will
1: be honest, I wasn't a huge fan because I was like, this seems so 2D, like, too, like, it doesn't seem immersive enough. But then I was like, no, it does make sense to do something like that with this, because it is this quintess- this golden age story yeah, but where this, you can see... That, I think
0: this is what made it really work, though, in yeah, that sense, yeah. because it was like Oh, okay. You're not trying to make this realistic. You're trying to make this campy and like a, a a storybook, which makes the costumes work even more.
1: Yes. Seeing that,
0: because when you're looking through a book,
1: you see everyone. You see differently. everyone right. differently. Right. And but then it's so cool. Like, how it's almost
0: like what, like something in the park with George should be when you're watching a painting and yeah, it's yeah, being yeah. drawn like that, this was like, you're really in like this book land. And I thought it really was cool. And it
1: totally worked. It's actually the same scenic and costume designer. Santo to did, did, did both of that, okay. which is very cool.
0: Well, um, yeah. yeah. But, but that's why, the, I, yeah. I, like the mo- then, like a moment though that really stands out for us is like what was so camp when the Wells Fargo wagon is coming oh, in.
1: wait. we have to talk about on my list. When the little baby wagon and the baby horse were on the backdrop there, I was like... This is so cute. You really were like, oh, there it is. Like yeah. Every time you do this show, the, the the cheaper way to do this show in community theater or in schools is you don't have a wagon. Everyone just points out to the audience like, there's the wagon and then they pretend that the wagon got there. I know, but this was but so this funny. Was so we have, like
0: this Wells Fargo wagon coming down in the, the backdrop. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the, there was a the, the horse and was a the, horse, but you almost thought like, like is that all they were going to do? That... Yeah, I know. And, and then, I know. But then they bring out
1: and the I whole And I think people who don't know this show laugh because they're like, wait, that's my bank <laughs> you know because and when you see Wells Fargo bank and you see the wagon it's a re- the Wells Fargo bank was a real thing mm-hmm. it was like the equivalent today of UPS yeah. if you ordered something and you didn't know when it was coming there was no tracking you just hoped that the vendor was bringing it to your town the wagon came once a week or whatever they were so excited that is a real thing they got so excited about the wagon coming to the town and i know it sounds so corny and hokey and cheesy but that was what people look i hope i get my raisins from fresno it's like one of the most <laughs> Whoever has that line in the show, they <laughs> must, they like own. I, I always remember that being like the, the ensemble line. Right? But happen? yes, the Wells Fargo the library scene, the bookshelves on the side. Su- and we'll go to choreography in a second, but the books in that, yes. I mean, just, oh, then there was some, okay, and this is what I was looking for when we talked about Funny Girl. And I said, where is the bare stage open concept dance numbers in Funny Girl? Mm-hmm. And and in, for a classic revival, right? Dolly had it. Put on your Sunday. Cl- but open stage choreo. In this music, man, the whole stage is open for Shapoopy, for the 76 trombones. Okay,
0: so we'll just go into the Yeah, we'll go into our, we'll just The go into choreography choreo. totally makes <laughs> sense.
1: It works. It's so stylized, but it's beautiful. And it totally. I, that Marion Librarian book throwing, I don't know how they're not dropping a book. The books are flying all over the place. It's brilliant.
0: I think we need to uh, like start with 76 Trump books, yeah. though, because that really brought me in. Oh, actually, no. What's the opening number when they're um... – I was stubborn. No, no, no on oh, Rock
1: uh, Rock Island the train number yep. yep
0: when we started seeing choreo as early as that mm-hmm. and they're moving with that train and it's going and every single person is moving let's talk about like directing right yeah it's not just okay oh,
1: bounce up and down on a train because, it's like no we're going to stylize the train
0: yeah and something that we've been talking about recently is directors that know how to use the full, full company, company mm-hmm. and the full stage yep. and it's not just like He's not focused only on the one person singing. He's Mm. focused on every single person or the choreography is focused on every Mm. single person Mm. so that they're doing something during their time where they're not being used. They need to still be doing... There's There's something being part of... This moving and breathing yeah, yeah. show, which then moves into 76 trombones. Now, this was my unexpected moment okay. of the show because I didn't know we were going to get that choreo in that number because mm. I don't really know anything yeah, about this show. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I could just like ham up right now for this part because the kids oh, and teenagers in this cast alone
1: brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. They're like so wonderful. And talk about cast size. There are 46 people in this show. Mm-hmm. I mean. When and- have you seen a Broadway show? Well, you, you, yes, usually you see like seven or eight chorus members, ensemble. You know, it keeps budget low. I understand that. This, 46 people. Yeah, this but- is like the
0: Zig Phil Follies from 100 years ago with
1: 46 people on a stage. It's amazing. Almost 50 people.
0: But what blew me away with that though was normally kids could, could be annoying on a show, uh-huh, I find. Uh-huh. Or they could like. I don't know, kind of bring the show to like a little amateur juvenile Uh space. I I actually felt they did the complete opposite in this because they were so ham on the stage. And the choreo that they were doing during that number, when they got into their moments Mm -hmm. and their little quads going on around that stage during some of these six trombones, it was like, whoa, whoa, they're doing a lot here. And when they weren't, they were cheering the other cast members on. Yeah. They, it was like a real town being like, oh, but they were still choreographed. Yeah, 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 yeah. They could be on their knees and yeah, they'll be like, it was boom, very precise
1: boom, boom. because it goes back to that storybook. Everything's yeah. precise. There's a reason for everything. Nothing's sloppy. When the townspeople walk by the footbridge at the very end, and they're all with their picnic baskets and they're going to like the the the, the social mm-hmm. where the women are gonna dance, right? And they're going to the social. And th- there was this beautiful orchestration there, and they were just like choreographed skipping. Through the river, and I was like, "This is so <laughs> like smart." Because how many times do you just show people walking through the forest? Okay, walk through the forest now. Like, no, like this was so smart and it's stylized. It was it's really stylized. well stylized.
0: Yeah, I, um, the walking across the stage in yeah. some shows just seems like it's it's tedious. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it, and, and that's it's what, what you do. S- yeah. But when it's stylized like that, it really makes sense. And even going into like. If you want to talk about Mary and the Librarian and you want to talk about um, Shapoopy, one thing that really stood out for me in Shapoopy number one was they when they put couples together, it didn't matter if you were 5'9 yeah. or you were three yeah. four three. yeah. yeah. And to watch some of these kids dancing with these really tall kids, but the choreo was effortless. But that
1: goes back to times when people would just dance with anyone mm-hmm. in a barnyard, hoedown style dance period, you know, Oklahoma and things like that.
0: You just but it grabbed
1: your partner at this village social hour and you danced and it was a different time. And
0: it was funny because it like, it didn't need to look perfect, mm-hmm. but it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Also, speaking of orchestrations, vocal and dance arrangements by David Chase and um, orchestration by Jonathan Tunick, music supervision, direction by Patrick Vaccariello. There was a lot of reorchestrating there. It sounded like it was written very recently, just really Mm -hmm. fresh. The orchestrations were f- – that. I think it's a 20-something piece orchestra. I mean, when do you hear that? Was, but listen, I'm, I'm all saying. for shows with small combo bands. Six has, what, three or four people in their band? I get it. It works yeah. totally for that show, obviously. But when you hear these orchestrations, these beautiful songs, mm-hmm. you want – and that was unfortunately what someone in the review of Filthy Girl said. How are you doing people who need people the, with two, three violins? Then you hear a good night, my someone, or my, my night with seven, eight strings. I mean yeah. –
0: I mean, yeah, you know, the, the orchestrations alone, were yeah. like, which brings us into, like, let's let's. Well,
1: we'll about, go to Sutton. I we'll think go, we need we, to everyone's just talk about Because talk about...
0: this is, like, the moment here. Okay, so let me, say,
1: let me say something about Sutton. Marion, librarian. It's a complicated role. It's normally played ingenue. <laughs> Barbara Cook, made she sure rest in peace, original yeah. Marion. Shirley Jones, still living. Hollywood gold is the movie if you watch her in the movie her voice is like liquid gold it's it's beautiful and normally the role is played as oh me and oh i want to find someone to love and i just read my books leave me alone town Mm -hmm. i didn't hang out with old miser madison he left money to me when my father died so i can work or the library so i can work and support my brother and my mother that's the sad reality of it and she kind of snaps an act too and says, leave me alone. And the pick a little ladies talk about her or whatever. But the role is usually so ingenue. And then later you're like, I read a book about you, uh, Harold. You're not a – but I love you. And 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 that's normally how it is. What Sutton foster is in doing is doing in this role, in taking it, and I'm not just gonna say make it her own. She took that role. She chopped it up. She put it together. She pus- She recreated as if she was creating a new role in a new show. I've probably never seen anyone do anything like that. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone take a role that is so iconically played for 60-something years mm-hmm. and make it as if the role was written for her today. Because it was brilliant
0: mm-hmm. it,
1: what she was doing in that role.
0: Right. And for me, I find this to be more iconic than what the role was. Mm. No, not to discredit. No, any it started of the there. It started somewhere. It started right? somewhere. But what I think the, how the role was originally written wasn't right. It, and how it is now remodeled is. She, because why do we assume that during that time, women were that way? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now... To see it this way, it's just retelling a story the way that maybe it should have been told. Well,
1: My White Knight is usually slow and ballady. They kept that at the end. My White Knight. But in the beginning, it was pattery. It was like, do I want him? No, I don't want to, But I, I want to fall in love. It was like, oh, this is how a character would explore her emotion throughout this. Mm-hmm. Not just like, mom, I want to find my White Knight, right? Because she... Re- we have to forget she's a she's a book person. She yeah. reads about romantic love her whole life in the books, mm-hmm. and now it's coming to her. And she's trying to decide. Well, all these other guys have wanted to go out with me before the guy with the reversal back seat in the car. You know, she makes the joke about that. But and and she says and um, she says in my white night, She says um oh it's she says um I, and <laughs> she says um she no she says <laughs> she says it'll come to me it'll come to me she says um I'll quiet, uh. And I would like him to be more interested in me than he is in himself and more interested in us than in me. And I, that's what she really wants. And they kept it original. They kept that exact lyric like but that. But you
0: hear it differently. And
1: you hear it differently. She just, she's just fascinating to me in everything she does. But this might be, bold statement, might be one of the greatest things I've ever seen her do. I've seen her do it all. I've seen the Shrek. I've seen I've seen Anything Goes. I've seen, seen d- Drowsy Chaperone. <laughs> I didn't see Millie, no. I've seen it almost all I saw her, I saw her do drowsy chaperone. I, I saw her do um Young Frankenstein. She just owns the role. This is working. I, I actually really hope she wins the Tony for this. I don't I don't I don't know. I really do. Yeah. She's recreated the whole role. I don't
0: know. We'll see. And
1: Goodnight Bye. My Someone is beautiful. Everyone, fun fact. I don't know if you know this is it's just 76 trombones slowed down.
0: What do you think about it? Fun fact.
1: It's a little, it's <laughs> orchestrated differently, but it's just slow. And I think that's one of the most beautiful golden age musical theater songs. She They still kept her naive and young and hoping for love. There was a little bit of it. It didn't overshadow her drive as a strong female yeah, but I think
0: who, who what I, was misunderstood. What I think was kind of like learned though here or was shown a bit more was the role was played as, she knew that Harold Hill was a con artist the whole time.
1: Long in the beginning.
0: From yeah, the very first second. I know
1: she does eventually find out more than the town does, but she's she but, was so smart that she but she saw how he was treating her brother. Right, she saw what her mother was. It's acting almost like, like
0: she, it's almost like they watched Schmigadoon and <laughs> a uh, little bring up Schmigadoon again. Yeah, it was yeah. almost like they watched Schmigadoon again, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna tell or it's is a that different hits? version, and, of this. and the, we're gonna have her kind of play it that way." Yeah, yeah, because it makes sense. Yeah. It's like. I kind of like it more because we're showing that she is smart and we're showing that she knows, but that she was able to fall in love with what he actually brought to the town. Yeah. And the, the town was now happier. Mm-hmm. The town was more of a collective group of people because they were doing things together. And what was it surrounding? It was surrounding music.
1: Right. And, you the, know? and then at the end, and, and then talking about storybook, I think what's really cool. And we got to get ready to wrap up at the very, very <laughs> end. I we talking, I've got a lot to talk about at the very, very end. It's over. And what happens? We suspend the disbelief and everyone in this town comes out in the marching band uniform and tap dances their way as you're walking out the aisles of this theater. That is true gem of theater. When they do, like, because there's usually not a lot of tap dancing in this show and someone had asked me, like, wait, they tap at the, yes, it's not, part of the plot the show is over but they do this big we're a marching band tap dancing marching band now yeah, everyone it would
0: be a disservice to not have humans tap oh well, of course when they're of in a Broadway course. show again. of course,
1: course. <laughs> but then you have but you have like Jane Hootie shell in a marching band. Like, that's the camp of it. It's the so whole time. I think in the Matthew Roderick, <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth movie at the end, they're all in like the parade. Yeah. It's this big moment. I mean, I feel like You've I've seen probably seen that the ending. It used to yeah. be on TV a lot on ABC. Uh, but I, before we wrap up, I have one question for you. Okay. I read this recently. In a world where so much of theater the last few years is very charged in telling truth and pushing narrative and giving a mission and having a goal and wanting to shed light on a problem. Mm-hmm. Which is so important for theater. We should always tell stories
0: like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Knowing that, can musicals just be this? Can we wait for it? Can, really? yeah. <laughs> can we just have musicals, whether they're written today or revivals, that just tell a light, silly, fun story and we leave? They used to
0: happen all the time. You need can to get to the we, point with your question Question
1: first. is a quicker question is, <laughs> can we just – can musicals just be fun?
0: Well, I'm going to counter that because I think that there is a message here. Okay. And I think many people can watch this and the message may be different to everyone, which is right. nice. Because I actually found this to be a golden age musical that – does have a message. Yes, is it corny and cheesy at times, but when you have a good team that can modernize and refresh something, they were able to find what the message was, and I think it was literally just to bring people together through something. Okay. So because of this, they were able to bring people together through music. Look at the
1: barbershop quartet. Yeah, the prime example. Of the school board who fights.
0: Literally, in a cheesy way, come together in these quartet numbers. But just alone on that, it's... But that's my takeaway. Right. Your takeaway could be completely different. Right. And someone else's could be something else. What I found that the takeaway used to be was, this is about con artists getting away with right. it. Right. And I don't think that's what it's fully no, right. about. Yes, but, but he even owned up to right. what he was doing right. which I don't normally feel like happens in some of the yeah. past productions yeah. and like now it felt that way you know and i do find that yes there are shows that can just exist but i i wonder sometimes does a show do better if it has some sort of a message with it.
1: Well, that takes a director and a creative team to pull apart an old book, like with my Fair Lady revival. We saw some really cool things there. The Oklahoma revival. If you're going to revive it, find some more rooted meaning in some of these songs and some of these scenes. Well, because
0: I I do think a lot of these Golden Age musicals do have rooted themes and meaning. They do, but they're sometimes sometimes sugar-coated
1: and glossed over with big, big, big costumes sometimes I think
0: it's taken away from, like, uh, maybe the team of Funny Girl really didn't know how to f- get to that message. Mm-hmm. And I would even go as far as saying that maybe sometime the uh, the reimaginedness of company didn't fully get us to what the full meaning was behind it. Whereas this, I actually felt like we got it. And I, I didn't go in thinking we were going to get mm-hmm. there. So that for me is right. why I was kind of... And company
1: did new things by changing a lot. They did change a lot, but they didn't... This yes, had but you know what too. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. It's really, really, really great to be talking about this because I do think shows can just be fun, but they also, in a way, every show has a message, whether it's somber and serious or whether it's light. Mm. Yeah. But, um. Oh, we're getting close to time here. I know. <laughs> to I know. know. Wrap it up. Wrap up. <laughs> all right. So, overall thoughts, conclusion. Here we go.
0: I mean, I've kind of said it all already. This was a fun, really great revival. Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster and the whole ensemble of. Supporting actors, kid actors, dancers, this, that, everything really are blown away. I found this to be one of the most cohesive shows of the season. Yes. And yeah, I do, I do think. It's a little unreachable for a lot of the Broadway community to go see this show, which is something we didn't it's really very, get to very talk about. It's very, difficult to get tickets Because it's, this very, right expensive, it's very expensive, which I don't totally agree with because mm. I found this. If there's one thing I don't agree with the show's team, it's that they put this in one of the smallest theaters that this should have been in a bigger a big, house big, 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 big where house. more people yeah. would have had Ever access to, to see it. it. Yeah. That's yeah. my only yeah. call out there. Um, but other than that, not to discredit the rest of the show and the cast, et cetera, yeah. they are all killing it. Yeah.
1: I, I agree with all of that. Yeah. And I think it, it, it is, and I, someone asked me like, I sold it. I was like, Oh my God, I cried. And i like, it's a sad show. I'm like, no, it's not sad. I just think it's well, one think of the we, most joy. We've been in a pandemic. Yeah. We have horrible things happening in this world. And to see pure, pure adrenaline joy on stage like that in this splashy, colorful, cheesy, corny thing. I just, I love it. I love it. I love, it's what made me fall in love with musical theater was this show. It really, really was when I was young. So I love it. I love everything about it. I I thought it was wonderful.
0: I know over time, but like I saw someone post this recently saying it's very hard to be involved in entertainment and theater right now with a lot of these crazy things that are happening in Mm -hmm. the world and not to end on like a bad note, but I I saw someone respond to that comment and they said, though, we have to remember as entertainers that this is the place, though, for people to kind of escape a lot of these crazy things that are happening. And we should still, uh, as much as everything bad is happening, we still have to be able to escape things.
1: It is an escapism piece. It's a piece that makes you go back to 100 years ago at a different time where people lived a very, that relaxed front porch life. Mm-hmm. A different, different, different time. And we're in hustle, bustle, digital, digital, digital. And yeah. to see real connections with people on stage like that. You know, yeah,
0: because you never yeah. know. Maybe the entertainment might actually hit someone who mentally isn't there. Mm-hmm. And might be changed because mm-hmm. of that and say, well, I need to be a happier person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what we forget sometimes, that entertainment can help change yeah, the world. yeah.
1: It so. is a, yeah, and it's a beautiful piece for that. So I love this like show. the music man changed the town. He changed the town. <laughs> um and it was wonderful so there we go thank you all so much for listening today we really hope you enjoyed please go check out at half hour podcast on Instagram Twitter Facebook TikTok for the latest um, comment let us know what you like about what we're saying here if you agree disagree we love to hear from you Um, and check it out because there are a couple more shows coming up in this Tony season Uh, Tony Awards are coming in a few weeks so really exciting it's going to be there's a lot there's a lot going on here this year mm-hmm. um, and a lot of shows. And this is just another really, really good one to put in the bucket. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you all so much for listening and signing off for now. Until next time, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta ta.